Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Eco Vibes podcast, where we have interactive conversations on environmental topics with people from across the world. I'm your host, Khadija Stewart, and this is the Caribbean Ocean Perspective series brought to you by Sustainable Ocean Alliance. I am crazy excited for this episode today as we head over to the U.S. Virgin Islands of St. Thomas to chat with Summer Benjamin, an ocean and climate youth activist. So, hi, Summer. It's a pleasure to have you. Welcome. Hi, Khadija. Thanks so much for having me on your podcast. So glad to be here. Yes, of course. And I know this is your first podcast, so I'm excited for you. You know, you hopefully you have a great experience. I'm sure I will. Yeah. So before we jump into things, I would love for you to tell me a little bit about yourself or like how you got into this work, you know, wanting to protect the oceans and spreading awareness about climate change, etc. Yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, as you said, I'm Antiguan American. Um, and so I've always had a big connection with the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. I just recently turned 18. And so I'm a mm-hmm. student finishing my last year of high school, which I'm excited about. And so starting from the beginning, I grew up in the mountains in a small mountain town in Northern California. And I was always interested in like all the outdoor activities, hiking, skiing, biking. And we had a big lake that I lived on. So swimming in the lake and all the activities that came with living in the mountains, I loved. Um, And equally, I loved spending time in the Caribbean when I got the chance to go visit Antigua and some of the other islands. I loved to sail. My dad is a boat captain, so I got Mm -hmm. lots of chances to go sailing with him, which I really, really enjoyed being out in the water. One of my favorite activities. Um, Scuba diving and snorkeling, those are some of my other favorite activities. So really, I just got into ocean advocacy and activism through just loving these activities and wanting to protect the environment a little bit more and preserve what I had seen. Uh, So it was pretty much a no brainer for me to want to try to do a little bit more considering I got the chance to see um, these beautiful ecosystems in Antigua and St. Martin, uh, St. Bart, St. Lucia, Saba, many different Caribbean islands. Oh my gosh, (laughs) you've been to more islands than me. I yeah I since, since through sailing luckily uh, it's it, they're all uh, pretty close so I I got the chance to sail to a few different islands and yeah I just I love the Caribbean and um now yeah finally last year my mom and I moved to St Thomas in the U.S Virgin Islands and I finally got to experience actually living in the Caribbean and it's just been a great experience for me and yeah so that's a little bit about myself I've always <laughs> been in interested in nature and just whatever environment I've been in. Yeah. So I have a somewhat of an interesting question, but when you moved to St. Thomas, was that like a culture shock for you coming from the US or was it normal because you had kind of already been to the Caribbean islands a few times already growing up? Yeah. Well, I... It was a little bit, it's definitely <laughs> different here. I mean, yeah. I, I luckily, yeah, I've been to the, a bunch of different Caribbean islands before. So I, I knew uh, the general culture. Of course, all the Caribbean islands are definitely different and have their own culture on each island. Um, so it was definitely a little bit of shock. There were, of course, things that you don't deal with at all when you're like on vacation or just visiting. But when you move, you really have to like handle like uh, driving on the island. Um, here, it's on the left side of the road. Um, right. <laughs> no, it's harder to find like anything, you know, like specific kind of groceries or different kind of stores, you know. So it was, 
it was definitely a big change, uh, though I was expecting it. But there are some things uh, that were a little bit of a shock for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I could imagine. I could imagine. But you, I when I studied my master's in London, when I moved to the UK, I was like, whoa, OK, this is not like home. I mean, it was a thousand times more convenient. But, you know, just the whole general vibe of the place was not what I was accustomed to. But, yeah, it was still a nice experience. So I'm sure that you're thoroughly enjoying your St. Thomas life at present, especially now that you you have the sea, like, right behind your door. Well, not literally, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, not, it's not a field trip to go to the beach anymore or stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I really do love living here. And it's so nice to just be able to go to the ocean whenever you want. That, that was a big change that I love. I would love for you to tell me a bit about your activism experience that thus far. You know, I know you attended some conferences. Yeah, there's some clubs in there that you would have started. So I want to hear about it all yeah of course you know i got i feel like i got super lucky with uh my uh, activism experience so i i initially started an environmental club at my school in california and i always wanted to do something for the ocean because i was like obsessed with the ocean and i didn't live <laughs> anywhere near the ocean and i was right. like what can i do like a four hour drive from the ocean um in the mountains what can i do that maybe will impact the ocean. Uh, so the first project that we did in the environmental club at my school in California was a project that helped um, or like encouraged restaurants to reduce their single use plastic. So we would go around and just walk into a bunch of restaurants around town and be like, take pictures of the plastic that they use and ask for the manager, whoever was in charge over. <laughs> and we'd just be like, uh, are you reducing your single use plastic in any way? Um, and do you want help? Is there anything we can do? We can like try to find resources for you. We didn't really know anything at that point about right. um like we weren't the experts there for sure. We just were trying to do anything to help. And we uh, got through to a few restaurants. Like there was this one Thai restaurant in a town like right next to mine who um, he, the owner actually, and we talked with him and we're like, here are all the issues with single use plastic and there's tons of different alternatives. And so we went and talked with him and he uh, went to like a wholesaler for um, uh, like go boxes and bags and that kind of stuff that were biodegradable and he bought a bunch for his restaurant and it ended up being successful and he did um end up keeping those like biodegradable to materials so that was our that was my very first project and that was the very first success of that project and so that was yeah that was my initial activism experience and then with that project we got invited to present at the very first pop conference and then pop is an organization it's called protect our planet and mm -hmm. um it's just a uh, youth organization that con uh, connects youth from all over the world who have these various different projects and they host a lot of virtual events this year um and then some in-person conferences in the past so i attended the very first pop conference in nuevo vallarta mexico and that was again i didn't really know what i was <laughs> doing there I was like, okay. So after I did this random project and uh, somehow got attention from this organization, but I presented there and uh, with my two other friends who were in this project with me, and it was a real success. We got to present about our project and we met a ton of different youth 
from around the world, which was amazing. And that was my first time doing something that international. Tons of perspectives, people from India and Africa and places in Europe. Um, so it was really, really interesting. And lots of people from Mexico, of course, because that's where we were. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, I from there on, I was involved in Protect Our Planet and all, all of their events. And I also attended COI 15 um, in Madrid. And COI is a conference of the youth. And I met a bunch of youth there. And I just I didn't present there, but I attended. And that was a really cool event because it was uh, more UN centered. So there was a lot of uh, world leaders. So I got to see that oh, side sure. of the activism. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is quite different. You know, I went from like talking with youth to like seeing uh, these policymakers talk. So that was a very cool experience. And then as of last year, I uh, started the SOA Virgin Islands Hub um, after just reading about SOA and hearing about it. And yeah, so that has been my experience in activism thus far. What a journey. And how old are you again? 18? <laughs> you just said yeah. 18. What? <laughs> and stuff but no that is crazy and i think that is so brave of you and like so bold like you and your friends just going into these restaurants not really having all the knowledge and just deciding you know what something needs to change we don't really know how to do it but let's just go talk to these people and we'll all figure it out together and i think that is amazing because so much times you see so much policy makers or like even just decision makers or just like managers heads of organizations etc all these people sit down and they spend hours was debating trying to figure out you know what is the best solution and they have stuff on paper and there's no action you know and you guys just said you know what let's just start with action first and we figure it out and that to me like you guys deserve a round of applause and the fact that the restaurants you know some of them actually listen to you all and you know took into consideration what you guys were saying and decided to be part of the change as well. Like, that's great. I, I cannot imagine myself as like a 16-year-old probably going to a restaurant and saying, listen, you guys have a plastic problem. Or like, let's figure out how we can... They would just watch me like, who are you? What are you doing? Are you ordering? If not, please get out. <laughs> yeah, you know, I don't know what we were thinking. We just had this confidence. We're like, you know what? You know, this is our planet. We might as well do something. Thing, you know and, and yeah. it, it was it turned out to be great and yeah we got lucky and yeah some of the restaurants actually listened to us <laughs> <laughs> no but that's great that's great and I find that's such an amazing tree that I find that like your generation and even the younger generation has like you guys are just bold not afraid I mean or you probably are afraid but you reach the point where you know, you the fear is not as great as, you know, the risk of not taking any kind of action. So you guys just go for it. And I love that. That's something that I have been learning from you guys, especially like just go for it, especially like here with this podcast. I just went for it. And now we have a, I'm on season two. But yeah, and I know that you mentioned like you attended the conference in Mexico and then you attended Koi in Madrid and stuff and you know like being young and so I know a lot of us suffer from imposter syndrome and you already mentioned the fact that like you were there you didn't know what you were doing there but you were there so did you at all feel like you know like this is not a space I belong in I'm not an expert I don't know I don't know as much as these people do why am I here yet still I'm here how do I deal with this how do I get the confidence to you know realize that I am a real agent of change 
and stuff so yeah yeah I mean I'd say I felt imposter syndrome a lot definitely like 100% (laughs) of the time pretty much when I'm in these conferences I mean I'm like who am I to be interviewed on a podcast right now we're having a conversation (laughs) but yeah I mean I feel like you know it's it's especially now uh with social media not like I've ever seen anything other than that but um, (laughs) you know in the in the age of social media we see all these people doing so much for the environment and it's like what well what am I even doing I'm only doing I'm only like you know doing this one small project that affects like one small business that like does is yeah like and at at the conferences I feel um yeah imposter syndrome for sure um because you know we're surrounded by all these experts who really are experts in their field um you know they've had like 10 to 20 to 30 years of experience (laughs) researching uh this one thing uh you know one type of plastic that's destroying the earth or one like type of seaweed that's uh you know like taking over the oceans and I just I feel that way for sure that I I don't know enough to be speaking about it but you know I mean it's my planet too and um all I'm sure you feel this way all the time when they get put in these spaces if they get the chance to and you know we do have the right to be there of course like it's 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 our planet and it's our future and everyone should want to do something to change that um what what is kind of inevitable now but um yeah I felt that for sure before but um you know just think to myself that I I do have something to say everyone has their own unique experience experiences to share and that it's okay to be heard for sure yeah absolutely and I could tell you at 29 years old, I still suffer from imposter syndrome. And I don't know if it's because like we actually have to fight for a presence in this space that it makes us feel like we don't belong. So it's like a perpetual feeling of imposter syndrome. It's like no matter what, even if it's like a youth conference or a youth seminar, at somewhere in the back of your mind is still like, this is not a space for me. Like they probably just created a space just to say, oh, they had you tick or something like that, you know? But I think we really need to get out of that mindset and just realize, like you said, that we, we all have a voice. We all have something to say. We're all coming with a different experience, a different perspective. And if we don't speak up, then how how are things going to change? You know, and like I always tell people in 2019, I attended the Sustainable Ocean Alliance conference, right? Mm-hmm. And a hundred young people from across the world. And if I had decided that that was a space that I didn't belong in, there would have only been two people from the Caribbean there. Yeah. And it was only three of us present, you know, and they were like, how much ever from the Philippines, how much ever from Europe? And they were all brave and bold, but... I was like, why are there only three people from the Caribbean? Is it because we feel like we don't belong? Is it because, you know, this imposter syndrome is so strong? The fear is so strong that we're not even brave enough to apply and keep putting ourselves out there. But if I was not there and if the other two people wasn't there, then guess what? The Caribbean would not have been represented, you know? so. It's so important that no matter what fear we have or what we feel, that we just keep putting ourselves out there. Because, like I said, we have a voice, we have things to say, and it's important. Yeah, of course. And, you know, yeah, people care about the Caribbean, but we... um I mean, I'm, I didn't grow up in the Caribbean, but I am Caribbean. So we, we really feel should or at least should feel like a responsibility to our islands to protect them. And no one else is a better representative of the Caribbean islands than the people that live there. You know, so we yeah, we should feel like we, we need to go and talk about these things at these huge conferences. And we do belong. Yeah, exactly. Preach, Summer. Preach. <laughs> 
Right. And I know you said that you started the SOA Virgin Islands Hub. Now, I want to know what inspired you to start that hub and like, how did you learn about Sustainable Ocean Alliance, which is SOA, by the way, guys. It's just the summarized version. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, yeah, as I said, I started um, SOA last year and really I've just been, uh, oh, I'm always learning about these new uh, or other environmental organizations that are around and there's so many different ones now, which is awesome. Um, yeah. And uh, my mom knew about SOA and so she just told me about it randomly one day and I just looked into it and did some research about it and found it to be a really interesting program and way to um, like start something and also have like the resources and people backing you up when you do that. Um, so I thought it would be a supportive environment for me to uh, start a branch and I knew that there wasn't one in the Virgin Islands and I, yeah, I think all uh, Caribbean island should be recognized and there should be someone at least one person from each island you know to say something mm-hmm. to speak up about the challenges going on there so I figured I might as well just start one in the Virgin Islands so uh, the people here could um, you know come together and organize different events and just talk about the issues that were specific to the Virgin Islands and of course the Caribbean. Yeah I think that's so important that you said a supportive organization or like so an organization that really gives you the tools, the resources, everything tend to be a meaningful leader because a lot of and I don't mean to knock some of the organizations out there but they say they're a youth organization and then they just leave you hanging high and dry mm-hmm. you, know, you, yeah. you, are, you can't turn to them for anything really and then they turn to you to be the youth representative from whatever yeah. country or region you're from and you're like well guys I, I could only do so much like where's the help where's the resources where's the training where's the tools where's the funding etc they give you nothing but it's so important that SOE saw that that is a need that young people have in order to be an agent of change and they decided hey you know what we're going to put our money where our mouth is and we're really going to develop them you know have community calls have micro grants allow them to form hubs allow them to be leaders in their own way and stuff so yeah. yeah. And uh, I really like how SOA, uh, they, they, they'll support you um, and they'll also give you the freedom to do whatever project you want to do and whatever project is needed in your community. Um, so that's been really great. I mean, there's uh, such a variety of different um, or uh, like projects going on within the SOA hubs around the world. And mm-hmm. um, we have started with like some beach cleanups around the island, um, which is a good way to start. I found for um, the Virgin Islands, because of course that's not the root of the problem, but you know, it's a good right. way to bring the community together. And we had last year, we had a pretty successful beach cleanup where we ended up uh, sorting the trash at, for the university and they got some data collection out of it and lots of people showed up and uh, it just uh, it's been a great way to like unite the community because there are tons of these people out there who want to do something and just uh, an opportunity hasn't come up so we uh, gave some people the opportunity to come out and um, you know pick up some trash on the (laughs) beach which everyone and everyone loves the beach here so it's it's a good way to start yeah so that's what we've been doing so far no that's good that's great and like you said it's a good way to start obviously that's not where you guys are going to stay but it's an absolute great way to start especially if people don't fully understand the problem a hundred percent but you know they see one or two people cleaning the beach and it's like oh okay let me go and get involved in this and then through doing that and realizing that they're making an impact then they start to want to learn more and then you know more projects could develop or you just have environmentally conscious 
um, citizens know or people know that be like, yeah. okay, all right. If I throw this here, you know, it's going to have a negative impact because I saw that it was on the beach when I was cleaning up. Or maybe now after cleanup, you know, if I'm going to call the biggest culprit, let's say Coca-Cola, you know, if after beach cleanup, you found mm-hmm. that like the most bottles that you picked up were Coca-Cola bottles. And now when you go, when you're thirsty and you want something to drink, you'll be like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't buy Coca-Cola because that's all I found on the beach, you know? Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. yeah and, uh, you know, it, yeah, it creates uh, a little bit more of a mindfulness if people didn't already know, which I'm, I'm sure everyone does, but at least they're, it's in the forefront of their brain after having done a beach cleanup. And, you know, yeah, that's uh, one of our goals in the future are to uh, do more beach cleanups and more uh, more educational events as well. I mean, we bring out signs to the beach cleanup and that tell people uh, what what happens when the trash goes in the ocean and like all, all the basic stuff that um, some people don't know for sure, because you'd have to take that initiative yourself to go learn about it. And it should just be, it should, people should just be taught it at some point. But you know, some people don't, which is yeah. not our, not their fault. So <laughs> yeah, uh, we we really just want to connect people in the community because yeah, like I said, there there are tons of people who want to help and just don't know how and need a group of people because obviously it's harder on your own. So yeah, having a support system like SOA or just people in the community is uh, one of our goals for the future. Yeah, that's good. And you know, like you mentioned, the awareness programs and education that's so 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 important because people need to understand why this is a problem and you know I always complain about this but I find it so ridiculous that as Caribbean countries or islands for want of a better term surrounded by water that we don't know much about the ocean Mm -hmm. and it's like what the ocean is part of us we are part of the ocean like we should know we should be taught about the ocean in schools it should be part of our curriculum you know we should understand how it affects us how we affect how we impact it but that's not the case and it's true sometimes these activities like the beach cleanups that people start connecting the dots and realize like how the activities on land could impact the ocean but yeah I'm always curling about that I probably mm-hmm. sound like a broken record but I really and truly believe that is such a missed opportunity that we don't know or we aren't as educated about the oceans as we should be yeah, I mean, for sure. Yeah, I was lucky enough. The school that I went to um, in middle school uh, mm-hmm. was kind of like an outdoorsy, like California school. Uh, <laughs> right. So I got the chance to learn about climate change when I was in like seventh grade. And I was like, wow, this is happening now. And my science teacher was like, this is going to be up to you guys. And, you know, we didn't take it that seriously back then. But, you know, I, I learned about it in school. And that was a big part of me wanting to get involved. So, I mean, I, if it was part of the curriculums, like any environmental education of climate change, then I think there would be like a million times more people already in this space for sure. Yeah, it's true. And you see, this is the difference. Like you learned about it in middle school. I learned about it basically at the end of my high school years. So you see that the drastic difference. And by that time, it's like, yes, you care, but you don't really care, you know? But if yeah. you learn about it from a small age and you're able to connect it, that's then you grow up with that mentality. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah, but... <sighs> Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully the system changes. I'm praying. Or if not, at least like people like myself and other people doing awareness programs or initiatives are able to bridge that gap 
and get the information out there to the people, especially the youth, the children. We can't leave out the children because people like to leave out young kids. I'm talking like five-year-olds and mm-hmm. stuff. And yeah, of course, like of course. Teenagers. I mean, they're so curious and uh, they should right. you know, be, They should. that's where you should start, definitely. Yeah, so I want to ask, you know, like as young people in the Caribbean, like why do you think that it's so important for us to become like ocean aware as well as like climate activists and stuff? Yeah, well, we we definitely touched on this in our conversation so far, but we're, mm-hmm. we live on islands. We're surrounded right. by the ocean. <laughs> Everything that happens in the ocean affects us, you know, um, we're so, so close to the ocean. Um, yeah, we really are super affected by it. And um, everyone should know about the ocean and want to or get the chance to advocate for it. And, you know, we, we said this earlier where there's I mean, at all the conferences I've been at, I probably have only seen like one other person from the Caribbean there being representative of their um island um or just the caribbean as a whole which Mm -hmm. it's not usually from the same island but you know it's it's really important that we as caribbean people get our voices out there because the caribbean is is an ecosystem that's just as important as any other and we we're the only ones who really know what's going on and are really affected by it and really care about our islands so it's it's up to us to go go do something about it and go talk about it so it's just just to um get the problems out there and all the initiatives that are going on in the caribbean it's important for uh youth in the caribbean to definitely be involved in activism for sure yeah you know um i'm kind of backtracking a little bit because i just remember that you said like you when you went to the conference in mexico and you know interacting with all these other young people i want to know like exactly what was going through your mind when you see all those other youth like being so excited or being was it like encouraging or was it like somewhat oh this is a bit nerve-wracking for me because maybe I don't have as much confidence as them and I'm asking this because like when I attended the World Water Forum in 2018 right that was the first time I actually saw that young people had a voice that mm. young people could be yeah. you know an age of the change that young people had a space and that like they could speak up because some of the other colleagues some of my colleagues that went they were speaking at on the platforms and they were speaking to ministers and stuff and I was just like wow I have never seen this in my life <laughs> like, yeah. and that was the first time I realized like the power that young people had mm-hmm. You know, is that something that you experience or I don't know. I just want to know from you. Like, yeah, what was that like for, you? for sure. Yeah. You know, I was very, very nervous that very first conference that I went to. I was so nervous. I was, yeah, I was like, what am I doing here? What's happening? Um, and then I, I presented and I had my presentation and, you know, it wasn't a huge conference in uh, respect to the other ones that I've seen or been to virtually or not. Um, it was not bi- that big at all. But, you know, we I felt so supportive after my presentation. We had a little activity that we did during the presentation uh, where pe- we handed out paper and people wrote down like w- some of the restaurants that they thought in their community were using too much plastic and then some ways that they thought they could help. And everyone did our activity. And I was like, this is amazing. I felt so supportive. So uh, or before my presentation, I was really nervous. But after I did it, I-, I felt like I was meant to be there and I was supported by all these other youth. So that is what my experience was with that. And at first I was 
was super nervous, but you know, the second that I was presenting, it it was just amazing. The response from people, like they were listening to me. I was like, whoa, this is amazing. Right. And it just, um, it just is, it was great to be in a community of youth finally who all um, understood, understood and were, wor- yeah, and yeah. were working towards like a common goal, you know, because even when we're in our communities talking to the restaurants, those people know about the issues, but um, they don't care as like passionately for them as we did. So it was nice to finally be in a community that did, and did, um, that, that was their passion and uh, they did care about the environment, were really trying to do something to protect it and yeah that's why it's so important to have a support system supportive organizations to be part of or supportive groups to talk to when you need a little like boost for sure yeah listen that is so important that people don't even understand because sometimes this whole like environmental fight i'll just generalize it as environmental but it could be climate it could be ocean it could be biodiversity whatever it is it's all related to the environment it could become so overwhelming and so depressing when it is that maybe you're doing a cleanup and then the next day you'll be just filled with plastics again or the ipcc releases mm-hmm. a report that says you know Basically, doom and gloom and stuff. And everybody, <laughs> yeah. you know, you have all this negative environmental news coming towards you. It's like, how do you keep pushing? How do you keep fighting? How do you, you know, see value in whatever it is that you're doing? And it is through this community of like-minded souls that that is what keeps you going because they give you the encouragement or you could feed off of their energy, not saying to use them, you know, but but it's just so yeah. great where you could speak to some, somebody else or other people that understand what it is you're going through, understand the fight, understand why it's important and just give you that encouragement. Hey, you know what? I know you're feeling down today. It might be overwhelming, but guess what? Keep pushing because if we could change one, then we've already made an impact, you know? So yeah, yeah. definitely. Okay. So before we go, I know I've seen pictures on Facebook recently, something about you becoming a pilot. Oh my gosh. Yes. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I have conflicting interests. I want to be a pilot, but <laughs> I care about the environment. Yeah. Um, but I, I, since I was probably around, you know, the same age that I started like the environmental action since I was like, 13-ish, I decided that I wanted to be a pilot and a commercial pilot. And uh, I've taken a lot of lessons now at this point and been in a lot of different aviation spaces and that kind of stuff. I I love aviation too. That's one of my biggest passions, that and the environment. So I I want to, (laughs) in the future... You can marry the two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I want to try to do something uh, to make aviation more sustainable or, yeah, to connect them both because those are my biggest passions and I don't I obviously I can't give up like in the environmental passion I mean that's an ongoing mm-hmm. and aviation I love it so much and I I want to try to do something to help and you know to make it more sustainable and you know it, it there's a lot of things in aviation that are starting to head that way um you know like right. aviation communities or I mean companies will like donate money um or invest in like uh something that will offset their carbon intake like solar panels or like planting trees that kind of stuff when meals yeah that that's yeah. what um that's what it 
is now. That's what aviation is trying to do to make it more sustainable. But um, yeah, there's some innovation that I think will really help in the future, I'm sure. So I want to be a part of that, you know, since those are my two biggest passions and they're pretty conflicting. But I think I I hope that I can be able to help um, make aviation a little more sustainable. I think you definitely will be able to. And sometimes I tell people, you know, um, just because you're environmentalist or something doesn't mean you should shy away from some of the other fields because we are needed in those fields as well to help make it green, to help bring about the change, you know? So I think it's so important that you're in love with both the environment and aviation. And I think that as long as you know that you want to do something for the environment and that you would, I think you will find a way, You will, even if it's just to start the conversations, because there are a lot of people that are not having these conversations as yet, you know? So even if you go in there and you're just like, hey guys, so what are we doing to make aviation green? You know, and then all of a sudden they're like, but well, we didn't think about that really stuff. And it's like, well, you know, our emissions, we have to do more than offset. We have to find ways to reduce. We have to, you know, and then mm-hmm. by the time the conversation and keeps going and all of a sudden you start having innovation or so I think it's great that you're in this space and like I always say we need more environmentalists in other spaces to help bring about the changes needed in the different industries yeah that that is a very good point you know um there's there's a lot of environmentalists uh and activists um talking to each other of course we know the, the issue the, <laughs> you know we're doing it all we're, we're trying to do all these projects but um, yeah, that you make a very good point. It's needed in, in every other profession as well, for sure, for sure. Before we go, I would love for you to give our listeners some advice, especially our young listeners who, I don't know, interested in becoming an activist or just care for the environment, have a project in mind, too afraid to start. Just any piece of advice you could give them on just how to go out and be a leader, an activist, an agent of change, a change maker, all those fancy terms that we like yeah for sure you know i mean if to those youth out there who have ideas just talk to people talk to your friends that's how i got started Uh, and chances are they'll be really interested in the same idea and and agree with your ideas and be able to contribute to a project idea you have so i just say you know talk to your community um as we mentioned a lot throughout this podcast is a support system so that's a good way to start you know talk to your friends and ask questions and uh you know do some research and you don't have to be an expert also that's another uh, piece of advice that i needed you don't have to be an expert to take action you can just do it um you know anything everyone always says this but you know anything anything counts and you don't know where your project will lead you so just you know try to connect with people talk to people about your ideas and um just go for it research it and do it yourself you i mean anyone anyone can do it as we've seen through like youth environmental this youth environmental movement that's come to light in the past few years that there's so many different people from all different spaces and that uh, people want to hear uh, youth from the Caribbean. They want to hear about your projects because there's not a ton of that going on in the international space. So if, if you can contribute, just get started and reach out to people who like you find on social media that you like that are activists, you know, everyone wants to help and wants to get involved and is supportive that and that I, at least I've found. So, um, you know, that's my advice long winded, but yeah. 
<laughs> go for it. Just go for it. No, I love that. I always tell people the same thing. And something that you mentioned is that you don't have to be an expert. You really don't. Because believe it or not, some of the leaders in the field are also figuring it out. Mm-hmm. So they're figuring it out as they go. So there's no need for you to stress yourself or worry about, uh, do I know enough? Well, I, I don't have my master's in this. I don't have my degree in this. Guess what? All you need to do is care. Yeah, and exactly. That's that's already a step in the right direction. Now, mm-hmm. I know I said I was going to close now, but this just popped into my mind. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you <laughs> and stuff um, because I know this is like a new trend, but not a trend at the same time, but it's a trend for some organizations. And I have a friend that recently started a hashtag called youth washing, which is basically greenwashing. Ah. Uh, except for the youths or like youth tokenism and stuff. So I want to know, like, how do you feel about that? So, yeah, so basically now you have some organizations that are saying, oh, yeah, we're, we're youth inclusive and they just invite this young person to attend with them. But then the young person not actually contributing to like a policy or they're putting forward ideas and nothing they're saying is being taken into consideration. But then they're going on like social media and saying stuff like, yeah, youth inclusion or the youth are the future, but they're not contributing to that youth development or to see a youth be the future mm-hmm. and stuff. So yeah. yeah. Have you witnessed that? Have you seen that? How do you feel about it? Um, I don't know if I've seen that exactly. I, I definitely definitely like firsthand, but I definitely believe that that's happening for sure. That sounds like mm-hmm. uh, a likely situation that would arise. <laughs> and you know, yeah, that's, it's unfortunate The Yeah. That's the, like some of the downsides of, uh, social media and whatnot but you know it's it's i think that can be combated by just youth coming together with each other like we we don't need to be under this of course organizations do have like the connections but as Mm -hmm. as youth ourselves we can go out and and talk to you know like we did the restaurants and be like you're using too much single-use plastic and uh don't always need to be a part of these huge organizations and uh you know you can even start your own so i mean i think i do believe that sounds like something that would be happening to the youth and it's super unfortunate but i think if uh, youth find themselves in those situations just like take a step back and you know talk with a uh, community you know will be supportive and will listen to your issues which is other youth in the exact same uh, position as you like the same age or you know that kind of stuff so uh yeah that's I guess how I feel <laughs> okay all right no problem it just randomly popped into my head and I was like hey let me see let me just see if you just have any thoughts or opinions about it and stuff but yeah so if people are interested in reaching out to you or connecting with you on social media would you like to share your socials so that they can contact you reach out connect yeah, sure. Uh, so I'm guess my social media is mostly just Instagram. My personal Instagram is my name Summer R Benjamin, and then I also have an SOA Instagram, and it's just SOA USVI. And we haven't posted a lot yet, but we're gonna get right on that. <laughs> social media is a powerful tool. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Well, Summer, thank you so much for joining me. You know, we had a lovely conversation, guys. If you enjoyed this episode please give the eco vibes podcast some love share it with your friends and family and then be sure to follow me on all socials 
podcast at Equal Vibes. And as I mentioned, this is the Caribbean Ocean Perspective series brought to you by Sustainable Ocean Alliance. So, Summer, thank you once again for joining me. Thank you so much for having me on my very first podcast. I enjoyed this experience a lot. Yeah, so I'm glad. I'm glad you had a good experience, especially as it was your first time. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so guys, I'll see you all in the next episode. Bye, everyone. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>